Okay, here we go. Um, hi, my name is Connie. And Emily. And welcome back. This is 3 a.m. Conversations. Okay. Welcome back. Yeah, this is a momentous. Oh, no, I said that in the first episode, but I feel like it's just as momentous because this is episode number two. Can you believe it? Episode two. And let me tell you, um, (laughs) episode two has been a little rocky. (laughs) Connie wants to explain. Uh, This is our third time filming episode two for everybody listening. This is like real raw behind the scenes. What happens when you're trying to record during a lockdown slash global pandemic? You can't always prepare or account for things that may happen. So yeah, as Emily is saying, this is our third time recording. Hopefully third time's a charm. (laughs) But nonetheless... Our response that we got from episode one mm-hmm. was insane. Like so much feedback, so much positivity. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. Thank you so much to everyone who gave us feedback and just, uh, yeah, it was really, really positive. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully you like episode two and three and four, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Yeah, for one of the one of the main feedbacks from episode one was that no matter where someone was, they said that mm-hmm. they could relate to our questions and like they like found themselves also thinking of the exact same questions. Like, yes. like how would I answer that? Which <laughs> is exactly what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And hopefully mm-hmm. with this episode, it's gonna be all about heartbreak. Ooh. Hopefully mm-hmm. you can think back to your first heartbreak. Hopefully it's not too um what's the word? Hopefully traumatic too traumatic <laughs> we're not trying to bring up some past trauma we're trying no. to laugh we're trying to laugh about our trauma that we've been through <laughs> yeah yeah we can like reflect on it now and be like you know what I learned that lol let's talk about it now <laughs> sure. um so let's get right into it Emily is there a heartbreak that you can think of or want to talk about because I know when we think of heartbreak I think for a lot of people the first thing that comes to mind is like a heartbreak from a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a significant other, a partner. But I feel like there are other types of heartbreaks and you had one that really just, I don't know, I would like to, you can go ahead and tell it, but I would just like to say it has transformed you into a wonderful, wonderful human. Yeah, um, it sucked. <laughs> um, yeah, so I faced a friendship heartbreak. And I think mm. if anyone knows, I think friendships cut a bit deeper than a relationship. Yeah. It's just like yeah. so many different experiences and conversations you have with a friend compared to like a significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, it was actually pretty recent. It was almost two years ago. So about mm-hmm. a, a year and a bit um, since we haven't like spoken or anything. Um, we were friends since grade seven. Mm. so we were friends for like seven years so it was it was like one of those like I'm pretty sure I saw a like psychology fact or statistic or something that said like if you're friends for with someone for five plus years it means it's supposed to be like a lifetime yeah no it didn't happen I think it's (laughs) I think it's incorrect I mean but also that might be in like adult years this was when we were like preteen pubescence like (laughs) 
we were literally in grade seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so who knows? Who who knows if that statistic is like factual? Um, in this case, <laughs> this case it was not. Um, so our friendship started in grade seven, and I think there's I I truly believe that some friendships are come to you for a reason, and they leave you for mm -hmm. a reason. And this was one of them for sure. Um, when mm -hmm. I was like younger, like grade seven, grade eight. Um, I was just like very introverted, didn't really know like any interests, any likes. I also didn't really have like a big friend group. I've always, yeah. I've, I've always had like maybe one or two friends like growing up and it was never like, mm. I was like the most popular person who had like the biggest friend group in the world. Like, so I was very always to myself and for the most part, I'm still like that, but I've definitely grown from where I was in grade seven. I would hope totally. so. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, so this this friendship really worked because she was the complete opposite of me. She was like yeah. very out. She was very outgoing, very outspoken. Um, she attracted like a lot of attention. Like always talked mm -hmm. to a lot of different people. Um, so growing up in that stage, she obviously taught me a lot about myself and like growing up, um, going mm -hmm. through school. I think like the the hardest part to get over was since we were friends for so long at such a young age. We basically grew up with each other and like yeah. went through like went through a bunch of first together, like went through our first boyfriend, like your first kiss, like your like yeah. everything. Like we were we would talk about like going to each other's wedding, like seeing each other's oh kids, God, yeah. like uh, milestones. Yeah, yeah, big milestones. And like even just from like going from grade seven to like a senior in high school, that's already so much mm -hmm. development right there. And we've seen totally. we've seen we've seen the growth in each other for all of it. Um yeah. so that was like that was like the like hardest part I would say about it but she definitely helped me get out of my shell and like develop and grow into the person that I was becoming mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. it definitely got to a point where instead of cheering me up and like cheering me on for my growth it was actually more mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. starting to get like jealous or like it started to feel very competitive and very toxic mm. and so yeah. instead of instead of being happy for my successes it was more of like a competitive like oh like I don't know why you got to do that or like oh like it's not mm -hmm. that big of a deal mm -hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't being proud of me anymore it was more holding me back from the growth I wanted to actually right. achieve it started to get mm -hmm. I would say it started to get like really toxic maybe the last two years of the friendship mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. was like she, like I said she was very outspoken and she very much liked to be in charge. She very much yeah. um, liked everything her way. I remember like towards the end of the friendship, I would tell her all the time. I'd be like, yo, like you realize that like, it's either your way or the highway. Like that's the, what you make it seem. And she's like, yeah, I know. Oh, oh. So you even tried to talk to her about it. Oh, many, like many times. Like oh. mm -hmm. she, she very much loved having yes people beside like with by her side. So like yeah. someone who mm -hmm. wouldn't, someone who wouldn't like uh, say she was wrong or uh, be like, yo, that actually wasn't very cool. Like maybe we right. should, like, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Like she very much like people who were just like, yep, you're right. Yep. That's correct. Yep. Let's do that. And she definitely mm -hmm. found people like that, like her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just Ooh>. <laughs> But yeah, for like most of the most of the relationship from starting in grade seven, I like 100% I was that yes person just because I wasn't yeah 
strong enough like in myself and like I know this where I couldn't stand up to her I wouldn't stand up to her mm-hmm. um yeah so I was her yes person for so long but I think the benefit of that too was when I was her friend for so long it actually gave me enough courage and knowledge to be like mm-hmm. actually like you know what like no like that doesn't sound correct like no we're not doing that and once yeah, I started to, totally. once I started to kind of like retaliate against her she didn't like it she that's when she, it started changing. <laughs> when it started changing, that's when like the competitive competitiveness started mm. happening. She didn't like that I got a job that I, I actually liked with people I actually wanted to work with. Um, yeah. she, didn't, she didn't like that I was starting to make friend groups outside of her. Like mm. I would be like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, no, actually I'm too busy today. I, I'm working and I'm going out with some friends. She didn't like that. It was always like, yeah, it had to be with her. Um, I it would be much to the point where like I would invite her to like a bunch of people from my work yeah. stuff, and she like she yeah. had no idea. She had no idea who my work people, my work friends were, my work people were. But I still introduced her because that's like she always wanted to be included into it. Yeah, because you made that effort. You were a good friend, and you were like, okay, I see you're feeling left out, so I'm gonna make an effort because I did meet her a couple times. Yeah. So you got the luxury. Yeah. You got the luxury. I, <laughs> I mean, I definitely understand where you're coming from when you said that you two were very opposite, oh. but you know, sometimes <laughs> what they say, opposites attract. So I was just going with that. <laughs> it, it worked for a long, long time. Like it, it yeah. did work. I will say that the opposites attract worked for a while. We were really good friends. Like we kind of balanced each other out always in a sense. And then I guess mm-hmm. it got to a balance. It got to a stage where it became unbalanced and it was too much too much difference that we ended up going separate ways and like she couldn't see the path that I was taking and she couldn't like come with me on that path unfortunately she wants a different way um but yeah it definitely definitely started to get like a lot toxic the last year year and a half when Mm -hmm. like she would like do like plan events or like plan occasions and like wouldn't Mm -hmm. invite me to them and like I don't mean like little mm. I don't mean like little like hey we're just like hanging over at my house like I mean like full-on weekends of like going to Canada's Wonderland like going to Taste of the yep. Danforth like mm-hmm. big things with with everyone in, I think okay our friend group to give you some context was about six people I believe mm-hmm. it's like six of us and all of them except for me would be invited yeah and like so I would only it kind of obvious <laughs> Yeah. And I would only, I would only know because like a third party, like who was in that five, like would tell me, or like, we would be like, yo, why didn't you come? And I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Come to what? And they're like, oh, like you didn't get an invite to like Wonderland. I'm like, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, like, no, I would have been there. Duh. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, I thought they just asked you and you couldn't go because you were working or something. I'm like, no, but that was like, pro- that was like probably the excuse they gave you. Like, yeah yeah so it was it was very much like very like dictating of like where they stood like where she stood um and how the friendship was going and what basically ended the entire friendship was I was trying to drop off a Christmas present for her oh my gosh yeah this infuriated me (laughs) and I texted her multiple times like hey when can I when can I see you to drop off your gift like text her mm-hmm. multiple occasions she was conveniently busy every single time like she I was like I don't even need to spend like I don't even need to see you I just need to like see you for 0.2 seconds to hand you a gift and leave I'm like I don't even have to stay um I remember was- this this went over a span of literally like two weeks of you trying to just be like hey 
I have your Christmas gift. I would like to give it to you. Like it was insane how she was just always busy or always inconvenienced. Oh yeah. I didn't give her her like Christmas gift until like the end of January. And like, she couldn't like, yeah, she couldn't like every single time I asked, she'd be like, no, I'm busy doing this. And it just got to a point where she was like, you can just like drop it off at the door. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's like, that's like seven years of friendship and I can just drop your gift off at the door. Great. Cool. And like, I couldn't return the gift. Like, I know a lot of you are going to be like, why didn't you just like return? Like, I literally couldn't. It was like a final sale thing. I could not. It was <laughs> a not, final sale thing. I could not give it back. And like, it wasn't my size. I couldn't wear it. Like, <laughs> none of it yeah. was. So I was like, whatever. Like, I'm like, if this is like how it ends, this is how it ends. And I remember going, like driving to her house one day, dropping off her gift, her mom's gift in between mm-hmm. the door, like at the door and driving away. And then like, I think the next day oh I got, my gosh. like, the next day I just got, like, a text. me like, thanks for the gift. Oh, that, like, is so <laughs> heartbreaking and infuriating. Like, girl, it wasn't even, it was always, it was, like, it was as if she was acting like she owed you money or something. You were trying to, like, pick up payment. But really, you were, like, literally dropping off a Christmas gift for her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and, like, not that, like, gifts count or anything, like, gifts matter, but, like, I also didn't get one that year either. So oh. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, all around. Oh, it was like M. not even fun. <laughs> it wasn't, I was like, okay. I'm like, if this is like, anyway, she literally, she, I like, no, she picked her yes people. Like her two main yeah. people are, are like by her side were me mm-hmm. in grade seven. They were like mm-hmm. 100% yes people are down to do anything. She says like, they will drop, drop whatever they're doing. If she calls to be like, yes, what are we right. doing? What are we doing? And I'm like, I don't have time for that. That's also just not a healthy way to, for like a friendship. And like, she was well, totally. like she was well, well aware, like aware of what she was doing and mm-hmm. like that she knew she had all this power um, and she's like, didn't want to give that up. So obviously someone who is like trying to like push her to be like, no, like that's actually, you can't just do that to every single person you meet compared mm-hmm. to like people who like were encouraging her and be like, no, actually like it's fine obviously she's going to go to like the people who like are with her and like aren't trying to like start shit with her over it in her corner yeah yeah who are very much in her corner and if anything like the biggest thing biggest takeaway from it I learned was just that she she built me up to Mm -hmm. she basically she basically built me up to be able to um I don't even know the words I'm looking for to see like see how toxic she was yeah yeah, she totally. she had the she had the same traits from when we first like when we first met like I feel like if anything she mm-hmm. didn't really grow as a person in those seven years I met her she yeah. kind of was very she was very much stuck in her ways and stuck in what she believes um, yeah. and if anything she just taught me to see how like toxic it was until like, I get out of it because I actually grew a lot from like grade seven to like where I am now. Oh my god, yeah, which is completely yeah. absolutely normal. I feel like you have um grown into such a like wonderful amazing human being and like unfortunately as you were growing um when naturally people are supposed to be in your corner supporting your growth she was kind of like wait whoa you don't need me anymore and that triggered her to like yeah that triggered her to pull away and and start like blaming you and being like well it was just like she needed a scapegoat and her scapegoat was like mm, the friendship didn't work because of you obviously like that wasn't the case but that was very much so I mean that's what it sounds like and I think that 
you like, there's obviously like no hate or anything. It's just like, you've grown into a different person. Yeah. I think you, I think you literally hit like the nail on the head with that, (laughs) with the, she, that's where, that's exactly what I was trying to say where she taught me to like live without her basically. Yeah. Like like, I got, I think sounds healthy and great. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Like, like when I first, when I first started being friends with her, it was very much like I kind of needed her because I was like Mm -hmm. very, like very closed off, like not very like conversational to people. Um, And then also with growth, like you obviously come out of your shell a bit and that happens. And she literally taught me how to live without her and like how to not need her like attached to me anymore. And I became very, like very, very independent because of it. Absolutely. You're literally this girl is crushing it Emily crushes it in her growth and her her new like I swear she comes to me every week with a new creative project she's like today I learned how to animate today I learned how to draw today I learned how to embroider like she's literally gonna take over the world so y'all better watch out you all better be in Emily's corner here (laughs) because she's mad talented thank you but yeah, to like, to like wrap up, like to wrap up my little story, like, would I do it again? No, like, I, actually, <laughs> I, I have found, I have found a group of people who are in my corner mm-hmm. who cheer me on, mm-hmm. um, who absolutely, yeah, who like love to see me succeed. And like, I'm for sure mm-hmm. the exact same, like way back to them. Like, I love seeing my friends succeed and I love doing anything I can to help them succeed yeah. in whatever, like they're passionate about. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that was a time that I needed in my development. And if I wasn't friends with her, I don't think I would be in the same development that I am today. Right. For sure. No, like I a, agree. A learning curve for sure. A learning curve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It was also yeah. weird. I was telling, I was telling Connie before we filmed too. It was weird. I feel like my mind, my mind knew that we were filming this mm-hmm. video because I even last night I had a dream about her and I literally Ooh. haven't yeah, I literally haven't had a dream about her or thought of her for like over a year now because I'm just like, I don't need it. So like, weird. Yeah, right, right before we filmed, I literally had like a dream about her and she was, she was trying to tell me that it was all my fault. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you're like, wrong. That's not how I experienced it. So, <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, that was it. Uh, if anyone has gone through a friendship heartbreak or going through a friendship heartbreak, it's tough. You get over it. You yep. find you find new friends that actually encourage you and lift you up. Yeah. And, and it makes you realize you're like, whoa, that friend was like never actually like my friend or like my support system. Yeah. Um, and you find those ones where you don't even have to second guess whether you're a friend or not. So. Aww, I love that. That's like <laughs> a such a important and good lesson learned. And unfortunately, I feel like, you know, we all go through a fair share of friend breakups because you just grow, develop and turn into the person you're meant to be. And unfortunately, like some people just can't handle that change. Mm-hmm. So sure. I've had my fair share of those for sure. <laughs> for sure. But Connie, I know you have a yes. different, I know you have a, a little uh, bit of a different heartbreak story for us uh, today. What happened? Yeah. How long ago was it? I um. So my heartbreak story, um, don't get me wrong. I've had my fair share of people who've grown out of my life as friends, but mine, the one that crushed me the most and then built me up after is probably, um, one that I went through with a, with a boyfriend. He was like a, he was like the first, first real boyfriend. Like, um, 
it was my second year of university, like near the end of it, my undergrad. And I remember, okay, the way we met is hilarious. I had to get my wisdom teeth out. And for those of you who don't know me, my teeth and I have, okay, not my teeth. My, my relationship with my dentist are very rocky. Like I absolutely hate going to the dentist. Um, confession, I was supposed to get a cleaning. This happened last month. I was supposed to get a cleaning. And because of the current state of the world, I woke up and I was really anxious and I didn't want to go. And I called and I like lied and said I had a sore throat. And they were like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Like, like if you want, you can go get COVID tested or call us back next week. Anyways, that's like the extent of my relationship with my dentist. I fear them. So I had to get my wisdom teeth out. And this is when I was not living um, here in Toronto. It was when I was um, in my undergrad in another city and I had to get my wisdom teeth out. I remember my friend drove me to the dentist because they're like, please have a friend. It was like at a, it wasn't even the like the dentist that I went to. They're like, we actually do our surgeries at a different location. So I pull up to this like location. They literally like, what, who are you? What are you doing today? And I'm like, um, do I have the right place? I'm supposed to get my wisdom teeth out. Anyways, long story short, got my wisdom teeth out. And it was like, I think the healing process is supposed to be like a week or something. And it was near the end of the week. And at this point I was deprived of any solid foods of like, <laughs> like everything, everything that makes you a functioning human. I was living off of like <laughs> applesauce and mashed potatoes and McDonald's like soft serve ice cream. And one of the friends at my time at this time, sorry, was having a birthday party. And she was like, please, like, will you come? I'm like, I literally can't drink or do anything. I'm not coming. Next thing you know, I'm like literally half a cider deep. Okay. Because of how I, I haven't eaten anything this whole week, half a cider I'm drunk. And we used to go to this one bar all the time <laughs> during my undergrad and we went to it. And that's how I met. That's how I met this boy, this boy that I fell in love with. He was like, I remember he was like standing on like the dance floor. He had like this like beautiful blonde head of hair that was like very like flowy, like hockey boy style. Cause I was oh, no. really, <laughs> really into the hockey boys, unfortunately. No. And I was like, I need to, I need to know him. I don't know if it was because of the lack of food, the drunkness or the lack of good good decision-making, but I, like, I, I don't even know where the confidence came from. I like sauntered over there and I was like, do you play hockey? Like so confident. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. Like, that's it. That's all it took. Amazement in her eyes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's all it took. And then it was like a relationship where I think it's like a flame that like burns, like really bright, really fast, but then goes out quick. Cause that's kind of like, how it started. Like we just started hanging out and we were hanging out every day. Next thing you know, it turns into like a year and we're like thinking of moving in together. And like, that doesn't sound as glamorous as like, I want it to sound. It was literally because his lease was coming up and he didn't want to pay to, to pay more for a new place slash try to find another roommate. So he was like trying to hint that like, he thought we'd be great moving in together and me being enamored by this guy was like yes wow my first boyfriend now we're living together like 
oh my God, I made this like stupid narrative up in my head. Um, and I think what I took away from that is I really got lost in the sauce. Like I was doing things that I don't think Emily or my friends today could ever imagine me doing. I, um, you know, I'm a city girl through and through. I love the concrete jungle. Okay. Like if I don't fantasize about living here in Toronto, I fantasize about living in New York city. Okay. (laughs) So I was finding myself doing really weird things like going for hikes and like, not just like little walks around the plot block. Like it was like, we were fucking hiking up like giant ass ski hills in like Vermont, the fuck. And then camping. Okay. Like, (laughs) I, yeah, like we went to this music festival where it was in Nashville and you had to like camp. I later found out there were different options where you could pay for things like glamping, which like Emily was trying to explain to me mm-hmm. where you, it's like glamorous camping Yeah, you have, like, and you could like have shower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't we get that? I don't know. So it's just like so it's so funny to me because I feel like even if you meet Connie for five <laughs> five seconds, you just know like anything with nature is not her vibe. Like I think we we took her to a waterfall once um mm-hmm. to take photos. If you if you know um Ontario at all, like Tiffany Falls, like near Hamilton area-ish, I wanna mm-hmm. say. It's maybe not even five minutes of walking through a forest like you walk over some bridges it's not even a hike I wouldn't classify it as a hike it's like a, sh- a straight line on some like gravel and dirt and like a couple of bridges Connie almost cried <laughs> like she was like this yeah not it uh from stories that she's told me before especially with this guy in particular she would try and break her ankle <laughs> to get out of hiking she would do anything but actually hike <laughs> Yeah, there was like one time we were hiking up a mountain. Okay, I swear to God, we were rock climbing at this point. And I was like looking all around me. I'm like, okay, where can I jam my ankle into something to break it just so I can stop this hike? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, Yeah, so I really, I think like there were some turning points or no, I'm going to call them red flags. There were a lot of red flags in the relationship that like I didn't pay attention to. And I think now as a grown-ass adult and looking back on it I realized like hmm those were maybe signs you should have taken more seriously like my sister calling one time and being like I literally don't remember she's like I, I didn't know who you were I was like talking to you but it wasn't like I was talking to you because like I didn't recognize who you were or what you were telling me I really took that hard and then um you know losing myself in like goals and stuff and I had like an apartment to myself that was being decorated with flags. Okay. And I had um, like plastic cutlery that he had stolen or taken from takeout containers and places and restaurants. One time we were using subway napkins as toilet paper. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Like, who was I? Also, um, he loves Subway. Connie's told me this so many times. She, oh like, my She has, like, God. a traumatic experience with Subway. Now, I can't even mention, like, hey, Connie, want to go get Subway? Or else it takes her back <laughs> to, like, this point in her life where she ate Subway, like, every single day. Every meal was a Subway meal. 
that wasn't even an exaggeration. Like he legit thought Subway was the best food in the world. He's like, you get all your veggies, your meats, your carbs. His dad for Christmas got us like $200 worth of gift cards for Subway. I was eating it legit three times a day. Sometimes it was disgusting. Now I can't even smell it. I'm just like, I smell the bread and I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it came down to like a boiling point where I think it should have ended. I don't even think it should have started LOL, but it, it, it should have ended a long time ago. And, um, he decided he needed to go on to, um, a hike. Uh, I think it's called, yeah, it's called the Appalachian trail. So it's like, if anyone who doesn't know what that is, I think you hike, don't like quote me. Okay. I don't know, but it's on the East coast and you hike from like down in the States all the way up to like Canada on the East, on the East side. I don't know. Anyway. So in typical manner of something like this, people plan like two, three years ahead of time. They save money. They like prepare emergency plans and all of this. He literally, I found out about this a week before he was supposed to go. He was legit. This is what really broke my heart. He was planning it behind my back. I mean, not, like too far ahead. Like he was like a very much so not a planner, but I think he knew about it and then started really planning like maybe two or three weeks before he like actually decided he was doing it. And leading up to it, his friends knew, his family knew, and he actively told them to keep me out of the loop. So we would be going to like his mom's house for dinner because she lived near us and they would, they would talk and we'd eat dinner as if like they had no idea he was doing this, but he was doing this behind my back. He was keeping from me this hike and he was planning it. Finally told me about it the week before. I almost had like a mental breakdown. I like cried and I was like, why would you keep this from me? And he's like, I don't know. Like you're the hardest person. I knew you would like take it the hardest. I'm like, yeah, because you were legit planning a complete trip that's going to like, it took him like four months to do it or something. It was like a whole summer, like a whole four months. He just wanted to like up and leave me dry without any plan of like, we live together at this point. So like rent, like mm-hmm. where he was going, what he was doing. I had no idea. So he went off and did this hike. And um, surprisingly, I stayed with him and I funded a lot of things. Uh, I remember there'd be times he would just call and be like, I have no money. And I didn't either but I somehow would manage to send him money. So we did this, this uh, trail came back and I had one request and that was one of my best friends at the time was getting married and I was the MC. And I said, are you going, will you please like be my date for my best friend's wedding that I am MCing? And it was, I like, don't know why. I don't know why I didn't just break up with him when he was like, well, I have to see like if, if it works within my schedule. This was someone yeah. who I was, yeah, who was supposed to be my life partner at the time. Okay, that's dramatic now, but um, and all I asked was for him to be my my date to my best friend's wedding. And he was like, oh, we'll see. Um, he made it, made it work when he found out that it was an open bar. No, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then it was like, it was like two or three months after that. That's when I found these applications to places out West. And when I asked him about it, he like exploded and was like, why are you in my business? Like, why are you snooping through my stuff? And I'm like, how am I snooping through your stuff when it's on my computer? I don't understand why you're getting so upset. 
Yeah, it's literally my computer. It's yeah, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I need to go out west. I need to like hike again." It was another hike. I don't know which one this was or what it was. Anyways, he was going with his brother this time, and they legit just like drove out west. Yeah, west, and then their car broke down or something. Anyways, long story short, this is where we break up. He FaceTimed me from a McDonald's bathroom using their Wi-Fi. He was already crying and he was like, I can't be with you anymore. Like we're done. So he, <laughs> he didn't have the, yeah, he didn't have the balls to like do it to my face after dating for almost four years at this point, living together, me spending a lot of my time, effort and money into making sure he was like, you know, happy. And yeah, so he broke up with me. And I remember it was probably the hardest thing I probably had to go through, experience, whatever. It was like heartbreaking. It was like, I literally had to find myself again because I didn't really know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am so glad that I am no longer with him or even in contact with him because it took me a lot of that to realize like it wasn't good for me and it wasn't who I was supposed to be or who I was supposed to be with. And that um, there's going to be someone who doesn't put only like 70 to 80% into the relationship when I'm giving 120, you know? Um, And yeah, I think my parents breathed a sigh of relief because they legit hated him. They thought he was the grossest thing ever. So did my sister, LOL. And uh Yeah. So that was like probably my most crushing heartbreak and, but the most valuable in that Mm -hmm. I really learned who I was and was able to realign myself with like how I, how I actually wanted things in life. Because for a while I was confused. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't, I definitely, I didn't know you when you were with him. That wasn't a time where we Mm -hmm. crossed yet, but knowing you now and like (laughs) knowing your personality and who you are, when you Mm -hmm. tell me stories about like that relationship, it's literally like, like literally what you said, like a completely different person. I'm like, Connie Mm -hmm. going hiking, like Connie doing this. We're like, what like it's completely out of character to who you are now and like not only does <laughs> like not only does it show like growth but it shows development as well and like I think thank you I think, yeah I know your situation was also like fair like very fair because like again like it was your first like first boyfriend like people yeah. want it to always seem like the movies and like the fairy tales that's like your first oh, boyfriend yeah. like you want to make it work so like a lot of people change maybe without even realizing that they're changing so that they can like mm-hmm. better fit with this person and be like oh you like this and so, okay no like no worries like that's not even a big change like we can make that work and like you do anything yeah. to like you do anything to like hold on to this person because you're like no like this is like the one like the one person like yeah. my first boyfriend and like yeah it, it's definitely harder to see but I'm glad that you eventually realized you're like this is not how I want my life to go. I don't Me deserve too. this. Yeah. You're like, I yeah. don't deserve this. Cause you don't like, it's very true. Like Thanks. you give like your heart into like everything. Um, and mm-hmm. you like really, you're so thoughtful. And so like to think that like someone doesn't like reciprocate it, I'm glad that you can like call them out now and be like, <laughs> you know what? I put in way more work. I actually like have a lot more thought into everything. This isn't like, this isn't it. 
Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think, um, I think it's like, I already, like I said, I had created this like narrative of like how the relationship was in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a hopeless romantic to begin with. I like blame watching things like Gossip Girl or <laughs> like all the rom-coms. You know what I mean? Like I, I blame my upbringing on these movies that I used to watch and think like, that's how true love should be. So in my mind, I thought that like, I thought that I, that was like true love. I thought he was like my person, which is literally insane to think of now. Um, yeah, <laughs> literally. But it's it's good because now, um, like you, like thank you. I've grown and developed. I agree, mm-hmm. and I I now know like these like red flags are red flags, and they're things to be like, nope, right at the beginning instead of oh maybe he'll change. Maybe I can let that slide. I don't know. So yeah. And it goes, like, it even goes back to like having like those friends by your side to be like, mm, like yes. even if it's like, even if it's like a red flag, you didn't see like your friend being like, mm, that was a red flag. And this is why. And like, you're like, yeah. mm. <laughs> like no. Absolutely. Yeah. So moral of the story is if your friends are like, mm, we're not sure about this guy, sis, don't get mad. Maybe like, maybe just like consider that someone is actually looking out for you and like, and um, wanting the best instead of wanting to see you get your heart crushed. (laughs) Just like have it in the back of your mind and be like, hmm, let me see if I see this. For sure. Yeah. And I'm also Um, glad, I'm also glad you like, you don't let, you didn't let time affect anything. I know so many people, I know so many people who have, um, been like, oh, like I've, I've already been in this relationship for like four years. Like mm-hmm. four years is a long time to be with someone. They're like, I can't just like yeah. start. I just like can't start over now. Um, and like that in itself is also a red flag and it's toxic. Um, and like, if you think that like, just because like, if you're adding time as like a value to a relationship that doesn't suit you, mm-hmm. you're like, you're going to be miserable. And like, if you're already miserable four years in, imagine when it's like 30 years in, like, yeah if there's no spark now there's not gonna be a spark later so like don't let time affect your decision of like oh should I stay with him because it's been four years no think of Mm -hmm. like you now realize it took you four years to realize now end it and like start over and find someone else who like you're not gonna have those thoughts about totally and I think it's like the same for friendships as well like there's some people who have been in friendships for like like you said, started off when they were in high school, grade school, they were young and you just automatically, you know, think that, oh, we're meant to be best friends forever and ever for life, but it's okay to like grow and drift and want different goals and priorities from when you were, when you were young. And yeah. um, the, be- the beautiful thing about a relationship is like a two-way street, whether it's a friendship or a significant other, um, you bring out the best in each other, your partners in crime. So if that's just like the, not the way it's rolling, then it's okay to want different things and perhaps like grow away from that person. But unfortunately, Emily stuck with me for the time being. <laughs> She's, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. We're going to put the, <laughs> we're going to put the, what is it? Five-year statistic test. To the, oh yeah. The <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if, yeah, let's, let's be like the actual, um, unofficial official experiment to see if it's, if it's true. That's so funny. I can't. Um, and hopefully you just, uh, hopefully you stay with us for the ride that we like to call our 3am conversation podcast.
you know? Yeah, I hope I hope you were thinking about uh, maybe a time, like a friendship or a heartbreak that you kind of went through. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you were like learning different things about it. <laughs> yeah, and that you're reflecting on your growth as a yeah. person today. Yeah, and I mean, like, you're like, things happen for a reason. People come and go for a reason. I hope you think back about what those reasons were and like think about where you were and that like when you first started a relationship and where you are now mm-hmm. obviously if you're listening to this podcast you are a quality person so <laughs> thank you for having us on <laughs> but I mean I think that's all for today's episode yeah yeah I think I think that's all the trauma we can take for today <laughs> <laughs> let for us know if you today. have any trauma you want to share with us <laughs> um my name is Connie and my name is Emily And this is 3 a.m. Conversations. Thank you for listening. Woo!